Hi felters and welcome to the Needle Felting Addict. My name is Philippa and today we are going to talk about wool. It's a really great topic to get to grips with whether you're a beginner or you're more advanced. Hopefully you're going to learn something today. Let's get started. So felters, are you a beginner? Have you just started felting? and you've seen all the names of the different types of wool and it's a bit of a panic, don't worry, we're gonna cover it all today. I'm, I'm gonna go through quite a lot, but I'm also gonna just simplify it at the end for you. So, wool, we love wool. It's addictive, I just buy too much of it, that's my problem. <laughs> it's diverse, it's practical, it can be soft, it can be coarse, it can be cool in hot weather and hot in cool weather. It feels lovely. It looks lovely and it smells lovely too. I know, are you one of those who smells their wool when the delivery arrives? I know I do. Um, there's over a thousand different sheep breeds. So there's so many different types of wool, but even within a breed, there can be differences. The lamb's first fleece can be the softest. Um, some, they call it sort of the shearling fleece or a hog fleece, but the fleece does depend on the weather, what the sheep was fed, what they ate, what whether they had an illness, um, how old they are. So you even, you know, within that sheep and that breed, you can get variances within the fleece and the wool. Um, colours that you get, there are lots of natural colours. There's not really a really good white. Um, it's more slightly cream. If you find a good white, it's normally been bleached. There are a lot of creams, excuse my notepads. There are a lot of beiges, there's greys, uh, very dark browns. There's no black, really. You'll find, it's quite hard to get a true black. You'll find that the black is really a dark brown. And then to get the actual colours, the wool will be dyed. And you can get like a myriad of colours, so many colours, so many blends, sparkly colours. Honestly, you can get just about any colour you want. Um, you can get the pure white or a snow white and, and you can get a really good black as well. Most blacks are dyed. Um, within the actual fleece, there are ways to describe it. You don't need to learn everything. You can, you'll hear the word, there's a crimp, which is how wavy it is. Fibre length, which is how long it is, especially after it's been processed. But what you really need to be concerned with and that would help you is the fibre diameter. Now this is called the micron count, the word micron, that's what you've got to remember. It is one millionth of a metre, you don't need to remember that, You'll, we'll just go through numbers, but it's, it's measuring how big the diameter of a hair is. And if you imagine our hair, the diameter is absolutely tiny. Um, that is quite technical, but you just need to know the word micron. Sellers quite often list the micron of the wool. That's about the only one. You do get fibre length with World of Wool, but you, you more commonly get micron. And this will help you know how thick or thin the wool is. And that will help you when you're going to purchase it, whether you can felt it easily or whether it's, you know, a little bit harder to felt. So let's just throw in the word merino. Lots of people know and have heard of merino wool. It's a really, not a common, I suppose it is a common wool then. There's a lot of it about, especially on Amazon. Um, it's 
the breed is found in uh, all over the world, but New Zealand, Australia, but originally it comes from Spain. Um, it's readily available on Amazon, and this can be a bit of a problem for beginners. It's okay to felt with, but as a beginner, it can take a little bit longer, and there's a, a few issues. I always go on about carded wool, and we'll get to that next. But merino wool is normally in the form of tops, which I'm going to explain, and that's what makes it a little bit harder. Um, it's one of the finest wools, and we're talking about that with regards to microns, because this is the size that we're looking at, 11 to 26 microns. Most merino wool is very fine. There's a tiny, a couple of merinos that are coarse, but they you probably wouldn't find them on Amazon. It's very soft, it's fly away, it's fine, it can mat quite easily, but it does take a while to felt. And this is where the micron count will help you. A low micron is a fine, soft wool. So 11 is a, is a seriously fine wool. Um, 26 is still pretty fine, so it's 11 to 26 most merinos. But what happens is when you stab it, the needle will go between the fibres easily. It slips between, it misses the wool, and it will take you longer to firm up. Also, the scales on the wool itself are quite small, and so it might be harder for them to catch on the other fibres and interlock together. And that is the whole process of needle felting is interlocking the fibers together um, you tangle the wool with the scales and it makes your needle felted item get smaller and smaller so felting with merino wool can take a while and that's why it's a little bit difficult for beginners because it just takes ages and then when you go to join say an ear on it's quite hard to cover up the join mark so there's a few things about merino wool that are just not the best for beginners so it's good with the micron to know how thick or thin the wool is. And we will go back to that in a bit when I talk about breeds. So let's look at the process, because when I first started, I was like, well, felting wool, where does it come in the process? Is it before wool is turned into knitting wool? Is it after? How does it, you know, where does it come in the process and the stages? Um, so a sheep is sheared. You, uh, we will talk about other animals as well in a minute. But a sheep is sheared, and unfortunately this is essential these days. We don't have uh, self-shedding sheep anymore. There are some, but we've kind of bred it out of them. Um, there is a thing called rewing, whereby you can go and uh, a self-shedding sheep, you can sort of pull some of the wool off, and that's quite handy. Um, you can just go with it. And you know, I've even walked through sheep fields and there's so much wool on the floor that sometimes I've picked a few bits up, taken it home and washed it. Bit of free wool. Um, but you definitely have to shear a sheep for health reasons. It's um, an electric sort of razor. Normally it doesn't cut them. Sometimes it can nick them slightly. So technically it doesn't hurt the sheep, but it's not very comfortable for them for about five minutes. But if you didn't shear it, there would be a myriad of health problems. So sheep do have to be shorn. Um, but I do understand that some people don't like seeing sheep shorn. Um, it's also a good health check for the farmer at the time to go over them, check for any other injuries. So that, that's a good point of it too. So some breeds do shed wool all over the field. Um, and that is great for birds. I have a rack of wool in my garden, actually. And I fill it up with all my uh, cutoffs. And they just come down and take it for their nest, which is lovely to see. So the wool 
from the obviously some sheep do shed but not very many the majority of our sheep have to be have to be um shorn so the fleece is taken off the sheep and first thing they do is they skirt it which is literally to go around and take off the obviously dirty wool they normally take a fleece off in one go um they don't sort of do half the sheep and then do the other half so they take it off off in one go they spread it out and then Normally you'll find it's the bits around the edges that were under the tummy, around the legs, around the bottom, and they will pull all that off. So that's that's good. Now, at that stage, it's called raw wool and you could buy it like that. It's a very cheap way to get it, but it's quite a lot of work. You've got to take it home, wash it and then card it. So, so, so. But if you were using, if it was a sheep with fine locks, we'll talk about that in a minute. That's slightly a different way because you would wash it and then cut the locks off. Um, it's it's more expensive to have someone wash stuff for you. But honestly, it saves so much time and it's much, much easier. So this fleece, once once it's been skirted, is wrapped up and then it normally goes to the mills to be washed. Now, this is more for industrial processing and for the suppliers that you might know more commonly, like I use World of Wool, Living Felt, Seraphina Fiber Art. So it goes to the mill and it will be washed in pretty hot water to take out the lanonin. The lanonin is the natural grease that a sheep emits to keep it waterproof. So you want most of that taken off because otherwise it's very difficult to not felt. It's more difficult to handle. You can felt wool with lanonin in it, but the um, machines, the carding machines would clog up if there was lots of lanonin. So it definitely has to be washed. I do have a video on washing of fleece. If you want on my YouTube channel, do go and have a look. And at some point, I do hope to interview Zoe from Fleece for You because she washes loads of fleeces and she will give us some tips and hints. So it would be really good. If you have um, beautiful locks, you have to be very careful. So say I've bought a fleece and it's got some gorgeous long curly locks on it and I'm going to wash it myself. You have to be careful not to agitate it um, because it will uh, fleece, to, it will um, needle, it will sort of felt together and you don't want that to happen. So you do have to be a little bit careful. Um, so going back to the wool has been washed at the mill and now it is dried and then it is going to be carded on a large machine with uh, drum carders and it will be turned into bats or batting so bats or batting is definitely you know a name that is used in the UK and this wool in its stage once it's gone through the carding machines is called carded wool and it comes in one large sheet and that is the bat now this bat can then be uh, carefully split up into slithers and now, and, and that looks like little sort of rope things. But I do have to say, slithers or slithers, it's up to you how you say it. <laughs> it's spelt the same. When I originally first started, I didn't have a clue and I read it and just called it slithers. But it's up to you. Slithers or slithers are the same thing. They are very easy to pull apart, very easy to felt, easy to join ears and legs onto your creations. And they are also fast it is carded wool is fast felting so you can buy carded wool in a bat or in slithers now carded wool what does it look like carded wool is 
the wool looks like it's all meshed up in different directions. Now recently I read Fee Oberon's book, which I'll tell you about at the end, and it gave me a more technical term, random fibre alignment. So there we go, that sounds a little bit more professional. So that's carded wool. If it's going to be um, sold at that stage, it'll be taken off and sold and processed. So if it's not, it will go to another machine where it is combed out normally several times more into what is called tops and sometimes also called roving. The term roving is a little bit, certain countries it might mean different things. Um, it looks like hair. The wool goes all in one direction and it's quite distinctively hair looking. Um, if you go to pull it apart, carded wool just comes apart however you pull it apart. Tops or roving, you have to hold your hands uh, probably about 10 inches apart, depending on the length of the fibre, and then it will gently ease apart. If you had your hands together right beside each other and tried to pull tops, it wouldn't split. So um, tops, it, it's definitely, I mean, I use it a lot for coat effects. It can definitely be used for the, you know, for felting, but it's much easier if you just self-card it yourself with some either dog brushes or you can buy proper do uh, proper carders, which are slightly more expensive. Dog brushes are exactly the same thing, to be fair. And um, if you haven't got any of those, you can just literally pull it apart with your hands and mess up the fibres. So I use it for coat effects for sheep, cows, hares, long-haired animals. I love it. You can mix colours together really easily. Um, and then, so that's tops. But then if you're a knitter, what happens is the tops would then be spun into knitting wool or yarn. So that is the cycle. That's when it's finished. So felting wool is at the stage before being turned into knitting wool. So wool... Um, is normally from sheep, but you can also use wool from alpaca, llamas, rabbits, goats, camel. Uh, people have used dog hair and cat hair. I'm not sure how easy it is to felt those, but people have used them. Um, and if you are allergic or vegan, there are plant fibres such as bamboo, rose, silk, hemp, soya. There's also biodegradable acrylic wool now too as well, which is a man-made wool. And that's got tons of colours. So there's a huge range, which has sort of appeared in recent times. They're mostly in tops forms. So I do re recommend a little bit of um, hand carding. One of my patrons just uses vegan wools and she produces amazing items. And it can take a little bit longer, as I said, if it's in its tops form. But it's definitely possible. So let's quickly cover roving. Um, normally it's in tops form, like hair, but it can sometimes be carded too. It, there's definitely a confusion over this term from the UK, US, Canada, Australia. Bats and batting are normally carded in the US, but not always. Uh, buying online is so tricky, so I would try and ask for samples. Or can you call them and talk to them and ask them, is the wool actually carded or is it, is it, just ask them what it looks like. Look closely at pictures if you're going to buy online, but if you can't see it clearly, then probably don't buy it. Now, I buy a lot of wool from World of Wool. Um, it's a huge supplier. A lot of the wool is machine processed. 
it's washed in really hot water so it's it's clean there's no bugs or at least any bugs that are in there are dead on this note though vegetable matter vm is the sort of code for it sometimes it, they might say no vm or not much vm that means vegetable matter that that's bits in the wool so a sheep lives in a field and obviously it picks up grass or straw or shavings or poo unfortunately but um, it's very difficult to remove it all in the process and obviously if there is a little bit of poo they only eat grass so it's pretty harmless um, and you just pull any vegetable matter out of the wool when you get it now if you are buying from a smaller supplier um, or directly from a farm and especially with raw wool do check for bugs or tiny eggs eggs look like tiny little dots in wool i would probably be a bit cautious of bringing that wool straight into where i store all of my wool i might pop it in the garage for a couple of weeks it takes eggs probably i think about two to three weeks to hatch so you would know by then um, most dyed wool would have uh, been properly processed and bugs would have been killed on it but you know take precautions if it's raw or it's just been lightly washed so I buy a lot of wool in its carded forms, um, in bats, I buy a lot of tops. I also buy quite a few fleeces. I wash them in small batches. I will cut off the locks um, and I will attach them individually onto my sheep. So that's why it's very time consuming. You can go onto Etsy and buy these beautiful locks, all washed and prepared but you are paying a bit more because it takes that person ages to wash and prepare the locks. Um, so that's why sometimes I, I buy the odd fleece and I do it myself, but sometimes I wish I just <laughs> hadn't done it because it takes so long. Um, we talked microns. So microns are how thick or thin the wool hair is, and that will determine how easy or hard it is to felt. So let's go over a couple of breeds. So a fine wool, definitely a merino, you are looking at 24, well, it, it, down to 11, but the majority of commercial ones, 24 to 28 microns. Um, Blueface Leicester, not in its locks form, but in a proper process form, is also quite fine. I buy a lot of Blueface Leicester locks, which are beautiful. They're tiny little locks. Um, you can get carded merino from DHG wools in Italy. And that is easier to work with. It's all being carded for you. It's very fine. It still takes a long time, but it's really, it's a lovely wool. A medium micron would be a Morit, a Dorset Horn, about 32 to 34 microns. Portland, Shetland, I like Shetland wool a lot, 29 to 31 microns. Cheviot, 30 to 35. So you're seeing... The 25 to 35 is a medium wool micron, fairly easy to felt. And then we're going into the coarse wools, Herdwick, 40 microns. Really, a lot of the time it can be quite coarse. Um, although I have had a, a, a Herdwick bat recently and it was lovely to felt, really nice. Lincolnshire long wool, 36 to 40. A Masham. I've never bought Masham, but 38 to 44, Swaledale, 35 to 45. Note the names of these, Herdwick, Swaledale. These are sheep that live in the hills. They live in the moors. They live in cold weather. 
they need thick coats to keep them warm, hence the higher microns. So your 25 to 35 is probably a nice middle of the road area. And just to note, coarse wool, uh, definitely go for a 32 or 36 needle. Don't turn up with a 40 triangular with coarse wool. It won't do anything. Now, let's have a just talk of one or two terms. Scoured wool means washed. Uh, I have bought some scoured wool in the past and it wasn't washed very well. So sometimes I think scoured means a very quick wash. But yeah, that's the technical term. I had to wash it again. Guard hairs, these are tiny little hairs that are quite thick and you'll see them when you're felting sometimes and you'll think, why is that not felting in? Or why is it a lighter colour? So these are the hairs that provide uh, sort of the waterproofing within the fleece and they don't pick up the dye very well and they don't felt very well. So you'll see them every now and again and you'll think, hmm, that's annoying, so just pull it out. Uh, neps, tiny, these are tiny little balls or nodules of wool that are the waste material from when they spin yarn. They are quite useful. They are great for tiny details such as if you were doing dots on a mushroom or if you were doing a 2D picture, they're really good. They're quite hard to felt. Because they're so tiny, you can't really hold them. Um, and, and felt them in. They're very, very tricky. So generally I put a piece of uh, very thin, fine carded wool over the top. Um, they're really good for wet felting. And now the other thing, that was what I was going to say earlier, is I am talking uh, needle felting. It's dry felting. Wools behave very differently when you add water. So I would go and watch some videos from wet felters. I am not a wet felter. I am a dry needle felter and I normally do 3D sculptures rather than 2D pictures, although I have done some recently and really enjoyed it. Um, core wool. This is another word that people get confused over. It's nothing to worry about. It's just a cheaper wool that you put on the inside. Normally, um, your felting supplier will have a core wool or something they called a core wool and it might be... Um, a little bit clumpy um, there's some reason for it being a little bit cheaper normally it's in a whitish cream color but it saves you money there's things to note with core wool that I've tried um, Barve wool which is um, very cheap you can get lots of it it's from a Barve wool duvet mattress supplier but I didn't get on with it because it didn't felt quick enough for me so try out different core wools. I use basically from World of Wool. They have got a core wool, but I again didn't like it. I use a Perindale bat, which is a little bit more expensive, but it felts quickly and it gives me a nice smooth base. And I also use Cheviot slithers for wrapping armature. That's just my personal preference after trying lots of core wools over the years. But talk to your supplier, and you could save yourself some money. Um, Angelina fibres. These are very, very fine. They're like flyaways, so fine. Sparkly, um, acrylic, man-made wool, synthetic fibres. They can add sparkle to your piece. Although, World of Wool, there's lots of uh, tops that they have that have got sparkle in them already. 
Um, there are two types, heat bondable and non-heat bondable. So heat bondable, you put an iron on it and you can iron like it flat with fairy wings and it's absolutely beautiful. And non-heat bondable, you can add it to your wool and it gives a bit of sparkle. Um, go and check out my fairy i've got a fairy video showing you how to iron it but that would be the heat bondable so just be careful you buy the right one so buy wool from a dedicated shop is my biggest bit of advice uh, world of wool uk living felt seraphina fiber art there's plenty more in the us um, obviously I'm UK based so I know the ones over here felt wildly which is Claire's Cross Creates that's another good one or you can go on Etsy there's lots of excellent suppliers on there as well um, Carded Corridale is one of my favorite for bats and slithers but honestly there's so many different types of um, wool or different sheep breeds out there that it's trial and error so have a bit of you know fun and see what you like the best Blue for my locks, I like Blueface Leicester, Wensleydale, Valet Blacknose, Teeswater, Lincolnshire Longwool, and there's a huge range of prices across those. Uh, Valet Blacknose um, prepared locks are quite expensive, but Teeswater would be uh, definitely a cheaper version. I am no expert, just to sort of say, <laughs> I um, may have, I don't think I've got any things wrong here, but do let me know if I have. But um, I've just collated my information that I've learned over the past sort of six or seven years. And I just try and condense it for you here, because when I first started, I really struggled with that. A couple of the books that I found really useful are The Field Guide to Fleece and then a book called British Wool. But that one is more for felt making, like wet felt felting, but it's got some interesting bits, bits at the beginning. And then Fee Oberon's book, The Natural World of Needle Felting, is also very good. There's a review on my YouTube channel um, for that, which uh, takes you through it a little bit more. But I think it's a really good book, especially for the price. Now, one of the main things to demonstrate the different types of wool out there, and just to give you a real idea of like how many... World of Wool is just fantastic and it took me ages to get a visit there. <laughs> I just kept going on and on about them saying, can I visit and film it please? On my channel, um, YouTube channel, Felts by Philippa, I have a visit to World of Wool and the range of colours and blends and everything. Like they have all these blends called deer and rabbit and mouse. So you don't even have to think about it. It's all done for you. So go and have a look at that. So the basics for a beginner is carded wool, bats batting, is much easier to felt than tops um, and that's it any questions just uh, Instagram me DM me and I hope you've learned something I hope I've helped in some way thanks for listening and see you again soon take care bye